with Edwards podcast with your host Scotty Wrestling. How are we doing, ladies, gentlemen? This is it. This is another show, another episode. We keep on trucking along. You know, I can't believe we're at fifty six. Some weeks it just you know feels surreal at times, and I appreciate all those who continue to listen. Um, it really does mean the most. And with that being said, let's get to work. So, last week, I went in. I went in on Bray Wyatt and why his career was one of the more interesting ones in WWE. And, of course, he was released. And I also went in on Adam Cole. I said how... You know, I think he needs to, you know, really look in the really look in the mirror and and realize that unfortunately his future may not be as bright in WWE as it should be. And since then, a lot has happened in the world of WWE. So why don't we get into it? Because I have a lot to say. Uh, Let's kick off with the fact that Fightful Select reported that Adam Cole had a meeting with Vince McMahon. And by all accounts, the meeting went well. Uh, There was no report that he signed a contract, but Vince supposedly took a liking to Adam Cole. And... That's great and all. You can take a liking to whoever you want, really. But my problem is that that doesn't mean Adam Cole is going to be in the main event picture come next year. If he does go to the main roster and remains in the company. That, that, that's not the, what that means. Vince is probably taking a liking to a lot of people that say yes to him and do the work and don't complain. But that doesn't mean they're in the main event. You see what I'm saying here? So, to me, the meeting doesn't change anything. To me, the meeting is great and all. You know, Cole's doing his due diligence. He's listening to offers. And that's exactly what he should be doing. 
but there is no way he should end up anywhere else besides AEW unless unless he gets guarantees in his contract with opt-outs that if he's not pushed on the main roster, he can leave because you don't want to sign a five-year contract and watch the prime of your career go out the window because you were listening to fake promises. That's my opinion on that. And I think a lot has probably changed since that meeting because, as we know now, a number of talent have been released from WWE. I know this is relatively old news because it's been a week and I didn't... I was going to do a bonus episode, but I thought, you know what... This feels like it's happening so much. I kind of was just waiting on more to happen. But that did not happen. The releases include Bronson Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Bobby Fish, Jake Atlas, Leon Ruff, Kona Reeves, Tyler Rust, Ari Sterling, Asher Hale, Giant Zanjir, Zachariah Smith, uh, Stephen Smith, and Desmond Troy. All of those talents were released from their NXT contracts. And let's just kick it off. Bronson Reed has to be the most stunning one. Bronson Reed was the NXT North American champion a month ago. A month ago. NXT put a lot behind him. And the only reason he lost that title, in my opinion, is because he was going to be getting called up. And now, just like that, he is a free agent. I think he will do just fine. But the matter of the fact here is that WWE does not care. And I wrote an article about this. It's over 3,000 words. It's a lot. You can check it out on lastwornsports.com slash pro wrestling. I don't need to say much more than I said in that article. But you read the names here, and it's clear NXT's changing. It's clear they're trying to chop money as well. As much money as they possibly can. And I sit here and ask myself, is there anyone besides, you know, your Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks that is safe? Go to the level of mid-card. So, Apollo Crews, Shinsuke Nakamura, you know, people around that level. Are they safe? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anyone's really safe from the wrath of Vince and Nick Khan. But, however, I had this theory as to why all these NXT cuts and the dramatic change to NXT is happening. So the NXT changes especially are no longer starting in at the age of 30. You have to be younger than 30. And you got to be tall. You have to be tall. You can't be under 6 feet tall. And I'm wondering of all these changes. I know, you know, a lot of it probably has to do with having to switch nights from AEW and losing that air quotes war. But 
to me, I think a lot of this might stem from Triple H bringing in Samoa Joe after Joe was released from his WWE contract. And I know that might sound like a lot, but I I feel like those initial cuts weren't all Nick Khan. And I know we want to blame Nick Khan for a lot of these, which is perfectly fine because this guy does not understand the professional wrestling business. But Triple H going under the nose of Vince McMahon to bring back Samoa Joe, sign him to a contract, make him a scout, all these things, and essentially make him their champion, making Vince McMahon look like an idiot, which, you know, when it comes to not pushing Samoa Joe, he is. You don't think Vince took that as a slight of some sort? That's how Vince works. Vince released Ric Flair this week. He doesn't care who's bothered by him. He doesn't care. He does not care. And I feel like that Samoa Joe signing has to have something to do with this. You know, that's just my opinion. I could be completely wrong. But I feel like, you know, that's a possible theory that I do have. Um, it feels, it feels kind of right. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, back to the releases. Ari Sterling, you know, he's going to be fine. Uh, the Alex Zane, he was a indie star before signing with them. He wasn't off for a while. I think Mercedes Martinez could be a potential huge add to the AEW women's division. Um, if the rumors of Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot joining are true, and you mix that with Mercedes Martinez, I think that is a huge, huge two additions to a division that needs additions like that. So I think she'll be fine. Uh, Jake Atlas, Leon Ruff, Asher Hale, Tyler Rust. You know, I think they'll all be fine on the indies. They could get some work. Maybe in Ring of Honor, Impact, I could see them show up there because they're all very talented. All have something to bring to the table. All very good professional wrestlers uh but in the end these releases are just another sign that wwe doesn't care this is a business which is fine that's how businesses work but this is also professional wrestling and it's the bronson reed signing that makes legitimately no sense because that guy is someone that any roster in wrestling could use and now he's just a free agent with no reason, no explanation, no nothing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about SmackDown, where these releases happened. Oh, I didn't add that. These releases happened on Friday during SmackDown. No one was able to focus on SmackDown. I was, because I didn't have my phone with me. So I didn't know about these releases until I went uh, to grab my phone after the show. So I was stunned astonished and beyond confused as to what happened but let's get into smackdown uh, i thought there were two really good parts of what a rather meh show was so let's dig into those so there was a point on smackdown where paul Heyman was doing an interview with 
was it, it might have been Caleb Braxton. Probably Caleb Braxton. It doesn't really matter. And he's beginning to walk away back into the Roman Reigns locker room. And the person waiting to the side of him is none other than Biggie, the money in the bank holder. And he's just laughing. He's laughing. He's giving this look. He is hinting that the moment Roman Reigns is not paying attention, he is going to cash in that money in the bank. And even just the teasing is good enough for me. That's how I feel about that. It was a brilliant tease. And I wonder sometimes do they have him cash in on Reigns? I'm thinking unlikely. I I just don't see why that would make sense. Uh, clearly Reigns is going on something. I just want Big E to challenge but get a real match. I don't want him to just become champion. I guess it'll be cool either way, but it just doesn't fit who he is. Uh, the other part of SmackDown I wanted to discuss was the closing of the show where Finn Balor made it very clear he still wanted Roman Reigns and he wants to make John Cena pay for stealing his match. And I thought this was really great. Um, uh, Roman ultimately took out Finn in the end of the show with the guillotine after the Usos attacked. But Finn was fighting off. Uh, Finn beat Baron Corbin very easily. And it's clear that I think after SummerSlam, Finn's going to be the next man up. Which, in that case... Is a perfect program. One that you could run more than just one pay-per-view. But yeah, uh, I thought that was great. Um, otherwise, not a huge SmackDown. Let's move on to Raw, where I'm only touching on two things. Randy Orton returned. Um, they're clearly going to be doing RK-Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos at SummerSlam. I think that is the right choice. I think that is a very smart choice. And crowning RK-Bro as tag team champions, sounds like a good plan. And Elias said he is dead. Uh, There's no more walking with Elias. So there's something to look forward to in the fact that he's clearly going to get repackaged. Um, That being said, I'm not too sure what Elias will be doing. But seeing that his singing gimmick has... Far gone by the wayside. I think this is a very, very, very good idea. Let's talk about NXT. We are now, as of this recording, just over um, a week away from NXT TakeOver 36, which we will be previewing and reviewing in the next two weeks. Uh, But this was a show to build towards that pay-per-view. We got a clearer image of what will be going down on that show. However, we kicked off with a great match to start the night as Saray versus Dakota Kai was made. It was originally supposed to be Saray versus Ember Moon, but Ember Moon 
was not cleared to compete. I thought these two worked great together. Uh, I would love to see this as another match down the road, hopefully for the title. I'm hoping that's the story they tell. Uh, Dakota, you know, uncrowns Raquel because who gives a shit about Raquel? Uh, and then in a couple months, you know, or so, Saray battles back up because she lost this match, her first loss, and is able to redeem herself by defeating Kai for the title. Uh, it's very clear to me that they see Saray and notice how special she is. Uh, you know, when she enters, she glows. When she wrestles, she stands out more than anyone else because of the way she wrestles and how good she is. She hit her rocket uh, bottom rope dropkick onto Kai, and Kai's head slung back like a boot, uh, like a rubber band, and just snapped back. It was um, it was a sight to see, to say the least. Uh, in the end, like I said, Kai got the win. I think this is fine because I don't think you need to do you know an undefeated streak or anything. I think Saray can lose to. The occasional Dakota Kai, who is the number one contender for the title. I don't think she should lose a lot. Not really at all. Uh, not, not not too much. But I thought this was a decent loss because it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and Saray looked really good in the match. So I think that's a good way to put over Dakota Kai's finisher. While also giving Saray a really good way to shine. I do wonder if that's what they were planning to do. Had Ember Moon been able to wrestle. Or if that Tony Storm match ever happened um that being said let's move on uh the two other big parts of nxt featured Ilya dragunov who is over from the uk because he will be competing for the nxt united kingdom championship live at nxt takeover 36 as he will take on the dominant champion walter uh but he was over Pete Dunn got in his face, and that set up a match in the main event of the evening, which was really good as well. Um, in the end, Dragunov was not able to pull out the win as Walter arrived and pretty much took the distraction, allowing Pete Dunn to hit the bitter end and pin Dragunov one, two, three. Now I sit here and I wonder, could... Dragunov win, and I think yes, but if Dragunov wins the title, I think that could be the end of Walter in WWE. I really do, because this guy does not want to come over to the United States, and uh, you get to a point where what is there left for Walter to do then? Because if he doesn't want to come to the United States, which is fine, uh, totally reasonable, then he's hit his ceiling as the most dominant NXT UK champion of all time that will never be topped. Like, I think that is the ceiling for Walter in WWE. Um, unless he changes his mind, that is the ceiling. And I think he, you know, he should be a world champion yesterday, but he can go do that somewhere else. Because, like I said, Walter is a true, true star. And if he's leaving WWE, that's fine. We'll get to see him wrestle a lot more than we do now, which 
I think we can all agree would be a win. It would definitely be a win. Uh, and the match was announced for NXT TakeOver. It will be the third and final match in the Undisputed Saga. Kyle Riley, Adam Cole in a three stages of hell match. It's very, very exact to the few with Johnny Gargano almost down to the key. Now, the original match was best two out of three falls. Um, then the second match was a regular singles match with Cole one, And the third match was a three stages of hell match where there were three different stipulations. Uh, so the three stipulations are a regular singles match picked by Kyle O'Reilly as O'Reilly wants to prove to Cole he can beat him in that situation. So Cole came back and said a street fight because, again, those are the two matches that we had to see at the beginning of all this. So I'm very intrigued to see where that goes. And the third match announced by William Regal will be a steel cage. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this match will be very good, if not great. But it's very, very repetitive in a sense that we've already seen this. For Adam Cole. He did this with Gargano. It's exactly the same feud. Except there's no world title. And there's the undisputed era aspect. Except all the matches. Are the exact same. In terms of style. And the way they're booked. So to me. It. I don't know. I don't know. I just. It's mm, O'Reilly's winning this match. And I think if O'Reilly wins this match, Adam Cole's either going up or he's leaving WWE. So if this is his last match during his time in WWE, expect him to put on a show. That That's what I'll say about this. Otherwise, that's really it for NXT this week. Uh, next week will be MSK. Versus Imperium for the tag team titles. As well as Kushida. Versus Roderick Strong for the NXT. Cruiserweight Championship. Let's get to AEW. Before we wrap it up for this week. Uh, AEW Dynamite. Very exciting. Uh, this Friday. A.K.A. when you. Not when you hear this. You'll hear this on Thursday. So it, it happens on Friday. Uh, big, big matches, which we'll get to in a second. Huge show, top to bottom, for the first ever episode of Rampage. Uh, let me let me get into my little book here, and let's dig into Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. This was the first non-themed episode. In over a month, because we had two fight for the f no two fighter fest, one fight for the fallen, and homecoming. So this was the first time, and I'm wondering to see how the ratings do after popping a million four straight weeks. Uh, we kicked off the show with the elite versus the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin. This match was all about. Dante Martin. This guy shined in every single way, shape, or form. Every single way. 
the moves he was doing, the way he was getting the crowd into the show, and he was doing it at the expense of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They made him a star in one night. If they want to keep pushing this guy, they will do that because he has all the in-ring capabilities, clearly, based off this one match. And it was a brilliant and beautiful sight to watch. In the end, he got absolutely demolished. Uh, Kenny hit a devastating, bone-rattling, soul-taking V-trigger that knocked his lights out. He hit a one-winged angel, and then they would hit a BTE V-trigger. All three of them hitting knees on Martin to put him out. Completely out. Uh, it was it was just a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed this opening match. Uh, when it comes to you know match quality after this, I thought it really fell off. But this was a very good opening match. It was announced after the match by Christian Cage that... On the very first episode of Rampage, which is Friday night, they will kick off the show as Kenny Omega will defend the Impact World Championship against Cage. While the match for AEW All Out is the AEW World Championship on the line, as will be Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. I, I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't I don't get it. I understand that AEW likes to put their biggest matches on TV rather than pay-per-view because of the TNT deal and all that, but I can't be the only one that's getting frustrated in a sense that they really forget about the AEW pay-per-views until about two weeks before. That's where they kick stories into gear. We saw it with the AEW World title match for double or nothing. There was no clear opponent for Kenny Omega. And out of nowhere, we ended up with Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy and Pac. Why? Couldn't give you a good reason. Now we are here. And the story is that we're going to do the match on Rampage first. And then we're going to do it on pay-per-view. I'm sorry, but why do I want to see Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage twice? One's cool. One's cool. One, one is something I can look forward to. But twice? No, I can't. I can't get myself to want to see that. I'm sorry. There's just no story and no understanding for me that makes that idea sound good. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. And this is really, you know, the theme moving forward. Uh we'll get to we'll, we'll finish it off with that. I'll get to it in a bit. Uh, Darby Allen faced off with Daniel Garcia in a, you know, pretty fun match. Uh, they probably could have killed it if they got a little more time, uh, but it was fine. I, no complaints, really. 
Uh, but this is this is where we're going to get to for next week. Like they are packing dynamite and rampage, which is fine. I understand you want to pop these ratings and yada yada yada. But you have a pay per view that many believe is your biggest pay per view of the year, and it just uh, I don't get it. I just don't. I don't get it. Um, it was pretty much made official that pack of Death Triangle challenged Andrade to a match, and Andrade would accept later in the night, making it official for All Out. Pack versus Andrade. Now that is a pay-per-view match. That is something that I am very excited for. And I'm wondering if they toss something in there that has to do with the Death Triangle. Do they turn and join Andrade. Does someone join Andrade? Does someone come out and aid Andrade? That's the question that I'm wondering here. Because I'll be very upset if Death Triangle breaks up. That being said, we'll see what happens. Um, the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Wheeler Utah faced off with the house, the Hardy family office of Matt Hardy and private party. In the end, Matt Hardy pinned Wheeler Utah. This match was fine. I didn't get much out of it. Private Party's still really good. That's the best part. Um, I don't need to watch Matt Hardy wrestle anymore at all. You get the picture. Not great. Uh, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statler. And I actually enjoyed this match a decent amount seeing it was so short. Um, Chris looked like an absolute star as she is, as I fully believe she is. I think, uh, we don't talk about enough how much of a star she is. Um, she looked great though. Uh, she beat Nyla pretty clean. She, uh, essentially destroyed her. Uh, Nyla had some offense. She was going for her knee. Um, she hit a spear on a reversed Statlander, but Statlander would hit a powerbomb and then the 450 splash to get the win. And it looks like, based off this win, that they are going to be running Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker or Red Velvet, because I know that they're facing off in the Rampage main event, but it's going to be Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander at All Out as Chris Statlander has went undefeated since returning from injury. I'm not going to say Statlander anymore because I have said it so many times in the past minute. All right, cool. Sounds good. Moving on. Um, I just... you Trying to make reason as to why Thunder Rosa is just not challenging is kind of a hilarious joke. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I did want to note that the acclaim after the you know disgusting comments by Max Caster in his rap last week on Dark Elevation or Dark, whichever one it may be, I think it was Dark. The acclaimed have been removed from the top five after being number two in the AEW rankings for tag teams for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. They have been removed completely. And this goes hand in hand with the rumors that Max Caster may have been released. It's very possible he's at least been suspended. I don't think he should be released. He said stupid, he said very stupid comments. But considering the allegations against certain people that are still signed with AEW, 
considering what Sammy Guevara did, and he was sus- and he was just suspended, and you know, I think that's what Max Caster should do. I don't think he should lose his job. I don't think so. I think he needs to first of all apologize for what he said because that was bad. But I don't think he should lose his job for it. I think that's just. I don't want anyone to lose their job. Even, you know, he's wrong. He was absolutely wrong with everything he said. I did not like what he said at all. But AEW has worse cases on their hands in their company that they're keeping. So why would we release him when there are worse deals here? You get what I'm saying? Uh, the, the Young Bucks had a quick promo. Uh, next week, I forgot to add, uh, the Young Bucks will defend the AEW World Tag Team Championships against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus Jurassic Express. This is a rematch from All Out last year where they faced off. This was not for the titles, of course. So this adds a little pizzazz. That should probably be the main event. I am wondering who faces... The Young Bucks, however, it seems like, it looks like, at All Out, it'll be the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, just based off of what Pac said in his promo this week, where he said, you guys should be champions in chasing those titles. If they give me the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks right now, I will be so happy, because you people know how much of an absolute... Mega fan I am of Death Triangle as a whole. I love all three. So the fact that they could all be in premier matches at All Out is a big win overall. Um, let's see what was left. Uh, Britt Baker had a promo. You know, they were in Pittsburgh. So she was absolutely over like you wouldn't believe. She was the most over person of the night. Uh, Red Velvet ended up attacking at the end. Something about DMD. There wasn't much there. There wasn't much there. Uh, she said something about hope. Yeah, there was hope. Uh, all right. Um, the semi-main event. The Impact World Tag Team titles were on the line as the Good Brothers defended against the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. This match wasn't that good. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, I know Evil Uno and Stu Grayson are very good. It just didn't hit for me. I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh, I guess it has to do with you know. You just knew the Dark Order weren't winning. There was just no drama whatsoever. It just didn't hit on any level. Um, so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that one. But let's get to the interesting QT Marshall factory segment. Uh, QT Marshall. Had to say sorry to Tony Schiavone for the way he's been treating him. And he put it off for three weeks. But he was finally here in the middle of the ring. And the notable part was that Tony Schiavone's child, son. I say child. The guy's like 29 years old at the very least. With a full beard. Uh, I guess he's supposed to, he wants to be a professional wrestler. I don't know how true that is. But. The factory go and grab him and bring him in the ring to make Shivani apologize to QT Marshall because QT Marshall doesn't want to apologize to Shivani. This leads to QT Marshall hitting a cutter 
on Tony Schiavone's son, even after Schiavone said sorry. And that, to me, is where it really spiced up. Because this is when the big show, Paul White, walked down to the ring. His theme song was pretty great, by the way. Seeing that, you know, I didn't hear it. Uh, I never really heard it beforehand. It was a great song. And he just, it, it felt awesome. Like the big show walking down to the ring and staring those three down. Uh, QT Marshall pushed Aaron Solo into big show. Big show hit him with a massive choke slam. And if the first match for big show, which it looks like it will be, the first match back is against QT Marshall, that sounds good to me. Uh, does not need to be on all out though make i'm making that very clear it does not need to be an all-out pay-per-view match unless you are squashing it in seconds the main event the fourth of the five labors of jericho chapter four um it was jericho versus wardlow with mjf at Wardlow's side outside um, early in the night, there was a joke made by MJF to Wardlow about failing against Cody Rhodes in the steel cage once upon a time, which ultimately gave Cody Rhodes the match with MJF. Um, so uh, this match was very simple. It was Wardlow dominating. MJF just did a little too much cheating. That would result in MJF getting tossed out. Jericho would use the bat that I can't remember the name of behind the back of referee Aubrey Edwards, smashing Wardlow in the face, hitting the Judas effect, and pinning him one, two, three. So that was made official. Next week it will be MJF versus Chris Jericho. And this is where... I want to bring up that they build for TV shows. They don't build for pay-per-views. Next week, here are three matches that we have. We have the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the tag team titles. We have Jericho versus MJF. The fifth labor. Jericho cannot have a Judas theme song. He can't use the Judas effect. That is what the stipulation are for that match. Pretty lame, but it is what it is. We will also see Sting team up with Darby Allen in a Texas Tornado match against 2.0, the former Ever-Rise. The show rules on TV next week. So those are three massive matches on television next week. Massive matches. So what the hell are we doing at All Out? I, ju I just don't know. And I'm fine with being having these big dynamites because I get excited for them. There's no complaints here. I'm just often confused because I don't I don't know what the goal is there. But hey. Teach their own, I guess. Uh but yeah. That was AEW. Um I think they're in a good place overall. You know, they have interesting stories. It's just they have a lot going on at once. And they're building more for that major, major... The, so they're building more for TV because they have the United Center Rampage coming up. They have the first ever Rampage on Friday, which has three title matches. They have the United Center one, the first dance, 
Then they have the uh, Grand Slam in the tennis arena dynamite that's going to be bigger than all out by the sounds of it. So I just, I don't know what we're doing and it's fine. It's fine. But people get excited for all out and you have, you have sold out the building. You should deliver the show capable of it. And I just don't understand what we're doing with the Christian cage. Kenny thing, because no one, I repeat, no one, Wants to watch them wrestle twice within a month span. Not a single person. So that's what angers me. But for the most part when it comes to AEW, I can't be angered. The women's division, that angers me. But tonight felt like a decent step. Like Chris Statlander looking like an absolute beast. Was one of the best parts of the entire show. So I'll take the good. This wasn't the strongest episode of Dynamite. Uh, The matches were pretty miss. Like, you don't have to see a lot of them. But the stories flowed, and I'm excited to see Pac versus Andrade. I'm excited to see a lot of All Out. I just need to understand what we're doing for the title matches because the titles are the most important part, and the fact that none of the three titles have an official match at All Out with three weeks to go, a little bit concerning. Just a little bit concerning. That's just me, though. I worry a little bit too much. But, you know, wrestling's a wonderful thing. They'll figure it out. Whatever. Absolutely whatever. Uh, So this was the Wrestling with Edwards podcast. I am grateful for you joining me. I did this at... 2 a.m. because I have a busy day ahead on Thursday, so I wanted to make sure I got this out. Um, I am planning to do bonus episodes for the next two Rampages because the first one is a pretty big one, and I don't want to wait a week to talk about the retitle matches. And the second one is the first dance, which could have me crying at the end of that so that's something to look forward to that is something to look forward to expect those bonus episodes but as always thank you for listening thank you for joining and until next time have a good one everybody